This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and we are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Please go ahead and follow us on MLWRadio.com. You can also follow us on anywhere. Find podcasts are made available, which is Stitcher, Deezer, FM, Player, Spotify, and all points in between. Um, we are excited to announce that we've had some great downloads so far this month. Let's continue the awesome amounts of of support by the listeners you guys have been tremendous you've been hitting up my dms asking different questions and letting me know how much you enjoyed the show thank you so much for all the interactions on social media as well so once again continue to follow us and once again this podcast is absolutely free which means it's not going to hit you in the pocketbook especially with the way the economy is in the united states with that being said i'll stop saying political stuff go ahead and bring in my brother from another mother man from the north he's a better neighbor better person better human being than i am and let's be honest, the real reason why this show is not canceled. His name is Christopher Butt. Butster, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Mike. How are you, bud? I am good. I am very good. And uh, by the way of our attire, uh, you would think that we had coordinated this. However, it is not. Uh, tell everybody the shirt that you're wearing right now. I'm wearing my MJF Better Than You and You Know It t-shirt that Linda actually got me for Christmas. That is beautiful. That's an awesome shirt right there. It is. I am actually wearing the Burberry scarf of MJF around my neck as well, because we're going to be talking about MJF. We're going to talk about MJF and his current title reign in AEW. How does that compare to other prior AEW champions? We're also going to be talking about the head of the table. It looks like his potential WWE championship run might end at WrestleMania, but some insiders are saying that maybe that's not going to happen. We'll talk about that as well. Big segment that went down on Monday Night Raw that has a lot of people in creative wondering if Cody is the guy now. We're also going to be talking about Adam Cole, Bay Bay. He's coming back to AEW Dynamite. He will be speaking on the next episode. We'll talk about that as well. And so many other things in between. I'm sure we'll get off on some random tangents and whatnot. But with that being said, uh, Butster, you know, since the last time we talked, Different things have happened in the world of wrestling. We've had uh, another AEW Dynamite. We've had another Monday Night Raw. Um, we've had a SmackDown and a Rampage. What has stood out to you as, you know what? I really liked that part of pro wrestling since the last time we talked. Oh, now you're asking something. I, the first thing pops into my head and... It actually wasn't on any of the shows. It was something you just brought up. as that people are getting cold feet on Cody. And I know that wasn't a segment on anything. But the thought of that makes my head hurt a bit. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of wrapped up in that right now. Like that's, that's weighing heavy on me. I don't... Am I missing something? No, it's uh, it's very interesting as far as this whole situation because it it deter I mean it, it determines the direction of WWE right now. It really does. Where are they going to go with the company? Because you got to look at it from this situation. 
is it Cody, the guy, and then Roman Reigns takes time off or does whatever, and he takes the company in the direction for the next X amount of months, year, year plus, or is it a situation where the buildup to this feud really hasn't been what they thought it would be, and right now ratings are really high with Roman Reigns and the bloodline, and it may be a situation of, you know what, I'd rather stick with what I know than go with something I don't. I, maybe the, the best question to start off this discussion before I get some insider information here is, let, let's let's be honest, the Bloodline storyline with Roman Reigns has been a moneymaker, has been a huge success for WWE. The ratings have been tremendous when it comes to SmackDown. So much interest has been invested by the fans in the Bloodline. And I think a lot of that has also to do with Sami Zayn. And I think Sami Zayn should be given a lot of credit for what he has done in conjunction with Paul Heyman, with the Usos, with Roman Reigns, with Sola Sikoa, with all of these things. I think they all did their job very well. And do you want to go with, I don't want to call it an unknown commodity because I don't think that's necessarily fair to call Cody an unknown commodity, but if it was just an average title reign for Roman Reigns, I could see where they could say, yep, it's time to change it up a little bit. But this has been such a profound one. What would you do as the person in charge? Would you go with something new in a new direction and cross your fingers and toes and uh, and, and hope everything turns out right? Or would you say, gosh, we should ride this out until it dries up? Oh, I'm I'm changing the title. Uh, Roman's had it for three years now, or they're about three years, something right. like that. He's had a good run. Uh, he deserves a bit of time off. So I would think at this point, you you give it to, to Cody. You know, give Roman a little bit of time off. If Cody shits the bed, which I don't think he's going to do, but let's just play devil's advocate. So it's a terrible run. Nobody gets behind him. Nobody gives a damn. Okay. In three months, you can have Roman get the belt back for him. And then you're right back where Roman's another run. You know, you can work that angle. Right? Maybe have a, a little bit of a Roman-Cody feud, which might get Cody over a little bit more, which might help you build it. You, you can't just keep the belt on Roman forever. How You don't progress. You don't grow your roster. Everything just stays the same. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm a person who hates change myself. Mm-hmm. But in the wrestling world, or not just the wrestling world, in, in the entertainment world, whether it be sports or movies or whatever it would be, you get tired. You need that little bit of a shakeup. You need to try something. If it doesn't work out, it's not like it's a permanent thing. If If Cody goes over Roman, doesn't bury Roman. It's not like Roman goes from being, you know, the head of the table to a bum. He's still very relevant. You know, you can easily throw him right back into the picture again if Cody's not getting over. But if you don't give Cody, or and not even Cody, anybody a chance, how long are you really going to keep the belt on Roman? To where people are just going to be enough enough. Like people were before. A lot of people 
couldn't care less about Rome. And if anything, they probably hated it. Right now, yeah, it's great. How much of it is because of Roman? Well, some of it is. I think Haman's got a lot to do it. Do with it. I think Sammy's got a ton to do with it. Right, he's a stud. Right now, you got Ko is is in that as well. You know, you got the Usos, uh, Sokoa. There's it's a multifaceted thing. It's not like it's just Roman. Just Roman is, is your flag bearer. He's your face. Right? So I I think they need to give somebody a chance. Give Roman a break. Give people a break from Roman. Not that he's not entertaining. Not that this is not no doing fantastic numbers. But you don't want to just ride it to where people are done and just hate looking at him and are not entertained because then you can't get it back. Like if people completely turn, it's over. There's you're not getting it back, or if you are, it's going to take a long ass time. Right? So I figure you give Cody a chance. If it doesn't work out, three months, six months time, whatever. Give Roman a little bit of time off. Of course, you play the injury angle. Of course, I'll play that in a match. Gives him a little bit of time off. Cody's not getting over. You bring Roman back. You know Roman's pissed off because Cody hurt him and took his belt. And you go that route. That's what I would do personally. So you would kind of leave yourself an out, meaning you like however, to. however the championship match ends, kind of throw this in here. So put the belt on Cody. However, kind of elude to well, this is the reason why Cody won. Yeah, like have have whether it be Roman is injured coming into it. I don't really like that so much. I would personally prefer to be, you know, he got injured in the match. Cody didn't cheat. Cody didn't do anything dirty because Cody's your face. Right. So you can't have him cheat dirty. Right? But, you know, it's a hard-fought battle or whatever, and he gets hurt. Pardon me? (laughs) As opposed to cheating clean. We don't want to cheat dirty. That's not what we do. We do a lot of dirty tactics, but we don't cheat. (laughs) Why do I put myself through this every Tuesday night? What's wrong with me? I I wonder about myself sometimes. No, I do the same as well. But you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to have right. him, you know, crank Roman with a chair for the win. Nothing like that. You can't do that. It's got to be he wins the right way. He right. wins as a face. And I, I would that's agree where with I would you. go with it. Somewhere like that. I think that there, it's interesting when you look at the storyline, right? Because the way I look at it, you do have who was arguably the hottest free agent a year ago in Cody Rhodes being literally the pillars of AEW, not, not necessarily pillars of the future, but the pillars who, who got the company going, deciding to leave the company, especially just after it started in its infancy, and then go back to WWE. And I think that that's an interesting thing that happened. But I think what's even more interesting about the storyline is, and I think it may be a detractor from the storyline, is that, and you and I have talked about this, dusty, dusty, dusty. Every single time we turn around, they're making this about dusty. And I think a lot of wrestling fans, and I can't speak for everyone, but I think for a lot of wrestling fans, it became just this big nostalgia match. You know what I mean? It's like, well, we're going to do it for dusty. And Roman talks about Dusty, and Paul Heyman talks about Dusty, and 
And like, I get the, the concept of Dusty never won the big one in the WWE. Dustin never won the big one. This is Cody's chance to win the big one for the family, for the legacy of the Rhodes family, all this kind of stuff for the polka dots, for all the, the ribbing and whatever you want to believe had happened within there for the stardusts, for all the stuff he had gone through the really bad mustache that he finally triumphed from all of that and became the champion. But I also think that you got to take this into consideration here. This is not what I would necessarily call a blood feud, meaning where it's just violent and it's just they're going after each other all the time. It seems to be, in my opinion, kind of a mellow build up to the match. It seems like they've done the same thing with Roman that they've always done with Roman's opponents. And Cody has come in and it's just kind of been soft. And I hate to say that, but it kind of has been. And it kind of, in my opinion, detracts. Like, for example, when you have a WrestleMania build-up match, right, what you're wanting to do is tell a story about the title, not all this extra superfluous stuff, right? You don't want all of that stuff. You want it to be, hey, you and me for the title, not anything else. But I feel like there's been a lot of detractors from that, and it just hasn't been as hot of a buildup that I think most people would hope for when it comes to WrestleMania. Am I off on that? Or, or do you think that that has some credence? It has some credence. Uh, I don't wholeheartedly agree with you. I don't completely disagree either. Problem is you haven't had a lot of time for this to ferment to where it's going to, no, because Cody realistically came back at um, rumble rumble. Doesn't give you a, it's not a huge amount of time in between Rumble to WrestleMania for a guy who's coming back from what was he off for uh, six months, eight months? Oh, he was gone for year, 10 or 11. Like, he was gone for quite a long time. Yes. What's killing this is Cody came back as top free agent yep. and got hurt right away. And that's what derailed all his momentum. If it wasn't for that, we're not having this conversation. He's already a champion, realistically. It very well could be. Whether he's still the whether he would still be the champion or whatever, but he would have already been the champion by now. But he got injured. And unfortunately that set him back a long time. But to, to build a feud completely out of the blue from Rumble to WrestleMania, like they have no history whatsoever. This is or true. If they, or if they do, it was way back to where it's yeah. irrelevant at this point. Correct. Right. So I think it's just they there wasn't enough time for it for it really to happen. They could have done it a lot better. It is getting a little old with the dusty, dusty, dusty. Now, to a certain extent, I don't mind bringing Dusty into it a bit because he's a legend icon, whatever you want to call him. And he is Cody's dad. And one of the big things, the reason Cody, one of the reasons he claims he wanted to come back was to win a title that his dad never won, and he never won. And that's a big deal to him, which is 100% fair and understandable. Right, So I think that has to stay in in the program. It doesn't need to be the whole program, though which unfortunately I think is kind of where it's gone or 
might not be the whole program, but it, it's damn near the whole program. It just gets a little bit tired. After all, yeah, you're doing it for your dad. Your dad never won it. No, your dad has passed away. I get that. I can appreciate all that. But that can't be the whole feud. Because when he wins at WrestleMania, because I'll put money on it right now. You know I love to gamble. I'll throw cash on it this minute. He's winning. If not, I will be dumbfounded. So when he wins at Mania, so what's his title reign just going to be? It's not for me. It's I'm winning this representing my dad, and that's what it's all is. Because if that's the angle they go with, this will be garbage. I'm not saying you can't have part of it. You know, hey, I, I want to try and represent the Rhodes family, the Rhodes legacy. Perfect. Beautiful. Love it. But that can't be what your whole title reign revolves around. Because if they do that, he's not going to get over. Nobody's going to give a damn because people are going to get sick of it. Guys like you and I, yes, we remember Dusty. The younger generation aren't going to remember Dusty. They never seen him wrestle. Yeah, they probably seen him on the WWE network, YouTube, whatever it be. But they didn't see Dusty in the day. Right? So they're not gonna have the same attraction to it. So but I'm okay with it being a certain amount, but it can't be everything. It it just doesn't make sense. You can't have a Taylor Reign revolving around you did it to um for your dad or for your family. There's got to be more to it than that. It'll just it'll run out of steam too quick. Let me ask you this question. Do you also think that there might be something to be said about the bloodline storyline was so powerful that no matter what they put next to it, it was always going to be overshadowed? Yeah. And I guess the, the point I'm trying to say is the whole Sami Zayn bloodline thing was so big that it just wallowed up any type of interest that a Roman Cody match could have because everyone was so interested in the Sammy storyline. So it feels like everything compared to Sammy pales in comparison. Everything else that's around the Sammy bloodline storyline never really had a chance to get any bigger because that was the one that dominated for the last year. And it was just such a big, big thing. Do you also feel that they put so much effort into the bloodline, into the Usos, into Sammy, and being reunited with Pepper and trying to take down the, the Roman Empire, and all of these things, that they might have very well shot themselves in the foot when they could have been putting more emphasis on the head of the table potentially losing his spot at the head of the table to somebody else? Because I feel like this main event has really been kind of in the shadows of the bigger storyline. Do you feel like that's the same way, or do you think that sounds crazy? It's definitely in the shadow, because the Sami Zayn angle with the bloodline, that's red hot. That's some of the best storytelling program we've seen in quite a long time. If you don't enjoy that, I don't know what to tell you. Just stop watching. Just give it up, because if... If that doesn't get you excited, you're never going to get excited about wrestling, period. Right. So, yeah, Cody, or not just Cody, the writers, you know, backstage, whoever it would be, they're going to be hard-pressed to beat it. 
But I think the Sammy thing just happened naturally. They didn't plan on that getting over like it did. I don't think they, they planned on that. But it got going. And then you couldn't stop it. You know that once the train gets going, you can't stop it. And you couldn't. Well, what would you do? You couldn't just kill it off because, oh, we're afraid of what will happen with Cody. That's terrible business. you got to ride that for what it's worth. That right. And I'll go as far as say the only reason that was as big as it was was because of Sami Zayn. And I'm not saying Roman is isn't isn't good or, or Heyman or Usos, but Sammy just made it. I don't know why. Like you just wanted to root for him. You wanted Sammy to be something. He was so invested in it. You just looked at his face and you felt it and you believed in him and and everything else. So Sammy made that what it was for last year. I think so anyhow. No, this is not just because Sammy's Canadian and I'm Canadian. That's not where I'm going with this at all. I just legitimately think Sammy made that. But they couldn't stop it. They had to keep it going and ride that out as long as they could or they were just going to shoot themselves in the foot with that. Unfortunately, it just so happened that, you know, it was a perfect storm of, of shit for Cody. Cody gets hurt, derails when he would have been, would have became a champion. Then you have the, the Sami Zayn storyline, which is red hot. And then Cody comes in at the end, and what do you do? This, this thing's just, he got a bad hand. Yeah. This He can recover from it, though. And it's not like this is gonna go straight to hell in a handbasket or nothing like that but he can totally uh not recover from this well i think it's interesting because recently there's been some speculation and whether this is is wwe just trying to play the swerve angle or trying to throw people off or, or whatever it may be because i think you and i did agree that it did appear that it was a foregone conclusion that you don't bring Cody back. You don't sign him to a multi-year deal. You don't give him, you know, the abilities to, you know, produce his father's documentary for A&E or give him these opportunities and a tour bus and all this kind of stuff. Unless you planned on having him be at least a big player in the company. And outside of Roman Reigns, as far as who could carry the torch, you know, you already had Cody beat Seth Rollins what three times in a row so it was like okay that's not necessarily going to happen right now so who else are we going to throw against him we're not going to throw Brock Lesnar against him anymore we're not going to throw Bobby Lashley at him anymore Bray Wyatt definitely is not in the conversation anymore so it really started to limit how many people could legitimately challenge him for the championship so you got Cody for better or worse that's what you got he was a, a guy who I think a lot of his interest was because he was an AEW detractor he left he left the company. So I think that would have brought a lot of interest in there. However, as we know, Cody has great matches and he's had some great matches. He get a match with Chad Gable, which was really good. But the point is, though, it's not just about good matches. It's about good storytelling as well. And we'll get into that when it comes to AEW uh, later on in the show. But I don't know if this is a foregone conclusion. Now, I know when a lot of people say that, you know what, Roman has had the championship for three years. It's time. I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I think a three-year reign, especially this day and age, with the audience's attention is not going to work. 
it's just too long. However, I also think that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I also think you need to milk this thing out until it runs dry. But then again, what you said was uh, leave them wanting more before it becomes so dead on the vine that people are annoyed by it. So it is that that happy medium. It is that fine line between do we go with it? When do we stop it? How do we stop it? But right now, um, Give Me Sport is reporting. Triple H still doesn't know who's going to win in the Cody Rhodes-Roman Reigns match, which is scheduled for WrestleMania Night 2's main event. Now, the match will be for Roman's undisputed WWE Universal Championship. It'll take place in just 12 days and is the biggest match of the year. Now, despite all of this, once again, Chief Content Officer Triple H, Paul Levesque, has stated he still doesn't know who is going to win it. Now, there's been a lot of speculation online that Cody recently, maybe not in the last few Raws, has had all the buildup that he should have as a babyface going into a match like this. Now, on the flip side of that whole thing, what does this really mean for Roman Reigns? If Cody wins, does Roman Reigns take some time off? Well, once again, it is looked at right now that it may very well be a prolonged time away from the squared circle if you are Roman Reigns. If he were to drop the title to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, he would be taking quite some time off. In many regards, people are saying it would be, and I quote, a significant break. However, it's also been reported from WrestleTalk that Triple H also, again, has stated that they are still not sure and they are leaving all options open. Now we we could this we could just be being bullshitted completely, right? Completely bullshitted. Roman, you're going to take some time off, do whatever you need to do. Cody, you're the next guy up. Let's go, because everybody's wanting to know what's going to happen. Um, you said yourself, if Cody Rhodes does not win, that you would be dumbfounded and shocked. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes if you throw a curveball at wrestling fans, that may create more interest than anything else. I mean, this is Cody's first chance at going at the championship. How many people, when we look back in wrestling, have won it on their first try? Not a lot. Not a lot of people have. It's the journey. So maybe if Cody doesn't win, that makes him more hungry. Maybe he he has that year buildup to next year's WrestleMania to see if he can do it again. Barring any injury, maybe there could be a greater fanfare behind him. I'm just thinking of different things that could potentially happen. Now, it's all speculation. It's complete speculation. Um, Right now, the Vegas odds makers are putting Cody Rhodes as the favorite to win. I still think he's definitely going to win, but you know what? It still makes things interesting to talk about. I, I will admit I do have some reservations about Cody being WWE champion. I have reservations on not his match ability, but his ability to keep a crowd engaged. Remember this, when he was in AEW, at one point in time, he really was white hot. He had the the big entrance. No one else had an entrance like that, a big one. And he was over the sledgehammer, all of that stuff. But then people kind of got tired of Cody Rhodes. And he kind of was regulated back into what he was before. Think about this. If we're drawing compares, compare, um, comparing people and parallels, what about Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt could not have been hotter at one point in time. Bray Wyatt's gone. Bray Wyatt comes back. 
there is some belief that Bray Wyatt may not be around very much longer in WWE. You see my point? You went from somebody who was wicked hot to now cold as a fish. So I'm just, I'm looking at these things from different perspectives. I'm trying to figure out what is the best way to get through WrestleMania. And if it is Cody, boy, you better sure as shit hope that he has staying power and that you can put him against other people who are top caliber. Because I'll be honest, who are you going to put against Cody Rhodes as that next line of challengers? Who do you see matching up with Cody post-WrestleMania? I'd like to throw something out, Mike, if you don't mind. Throw it out. What are your other options? Realistically, where do you see it going? Okay, so Roman wins. Let's go that route. Where do you go? Yes. I think what you could do is if Roman wins, you can tie this back into the bloodline situation where maybe Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, um, they're tag team champions. They're riding high on this right now. Maybe he tells, um, Sammy tells Kevin, it's, it's your time. We know you can take Roman down. Go after him. I did it. I couldn't do it. But I think you can. And I think what you could do is, if you had Kevin Owens become the champion, you could then do what they've all talked about doing. Have a big buildup for a year, almost like they did the Mega Powers exploding, and have a uh, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens for the championship. And I think that would be amazing. What do you do with Cody? It's a good question. Not really sure. Um, I think you might, and, and this is going to seem like it's a a detractor, maybe you could throw him in a program with Gunther or for the Intercontinental Championship, which he's not going to like. He is not going to like that at all, but maybe you can. But that wouldn't make sense. Try to bring him back, back up. to be your Intercontinental Champion. You're not paying him the money he's getting and all the perks he's getting to be your IC title. I don't think anyhow. I mean, who else? Okay, so who else would you necessarily put with him then? So I'm on, I'm looking here at my notes. I'm trying to find out who we have here. You as got notes? <laughs> okay, let's, let us let me put it to you this way. What about this? What about if you put him in a feud with Austin Theory? That's not terrible. If you put him in a feud with Austin Theory, so if John Cena does the job at WrestleMania, if John Cena does the job, Austin Theory goes over. Austin Theory can start patting himself on the back saying, I took down a legend. I took down a guy that the company loved. And then all of a sudden, he could focus his attention on Cody. That could be something. Or you could have him do something with Gunther, potentially. But I, I, I think if you're going to do anything, I think it would make more sense if you work with Austin Theory. Or, if Austin Theory loses to John Cena, what you could end up doing, and I don't know how this would go over, because Cena probably wouldn't make a lot of appearances, but you could have a John Cena, Cody Rhodes, build up and have have Cody go over John Cena to win the United States Championship, and then potentially build that up and, and really get him some more momentum, and then have him going for the WWE Championship again. Okay. 
I can drink or, a little bit of that Kool-Aid. Or, and this might be the last and, and probably least attractive one, you bring up Braun Breaker. And after WrestleMania, a dejected Cody, you know, they show him with the WWE.com cameras backstage, all that stuff. Braun Breaker attacks Cody when he's down. Steiners never liked the roads. We always beat the roads. And guess what? Doesn't change now. You know, whatever. I mean, because there's lineage there. That's actually pretty damn good. So what you could do is you could give the rub to Braun Breaker. You could then have Cody get into something that's white hot. Um, Obviously, you don't want to squash Braun Breaker right away. But you want to have a really good... You could have a good feud between them. So... I think there's ways you can go about it, but I think it just depends on how comfortable you feel with Cody being the guy. If you think Cody has long-term staying power and that's a big thing that you, and that's why they have house shows. Also guys, a lot of people say, well, how, what's the point of house shows to make money? No, it's not about making money. They test storylines that may never, ever be used. They test different type of angles that they could run at shows to see if it would get over with the audience. They try to use that as their laboratory to find out what would work and what wouldn't work. And if they do it on the loop and it gets more positive reviews, then that's what you end up, you know, potentially seeing happening on TV. So who knows? I'm not really quite sure, but those are some of the things that I think that you could do. Yeah. Those are some, some interesting takes for sure. I just keep going back to, I can't see Cody not, Going over at WrestleMania. I I just can't see it. Wrestling's about shock value. I agree. That's true. Wrestling's about shock value, so you never know what's gonna happen. So it could be it could be a big, big shocker to everybody that Cody doesn't get the job done and uh what happens to him. You know, maybe maybe Cody actually steps away, you know, they they show this. I built my whole life up for this moment. You know, one of those things where he's gone for like six weeks or whatever, and they do vignettes on what's happening or where did he go? And I built my whole time up. I came back for this. I I did all of this. I came back from adversity, from injury and whatever, and just to lose at WrestleMania. And, And how does that feel? And have him kind of not be this nice guy, baby face and give him an edge, make him, not a heel, but have him be kind of like, holy shit, like this guy's out for blood. And I think fans can get behind that too, because it's like, wow, I like Cody, but I didn't really like this, this baby faith aspect of him. I like this attitude version of him, almost like what they did with edge. Think about it. You don't have to change somebody completely, but if you give them a little bit of an edge, right, it changes the, the game completely. Let me give you a perfect example of that. Athena. She was coming out smiling, happy when she joined AEW. She became a little bit more vicious. What happened? She is the baddest woman, and I believe, right now in the AEW Ring of Honor family. She's got that edge to her now. She's not a heel, but she's got an edge to her, and I think that's awesome. You got to have that little lunacy back there in your mind at the same time. So, once again, changing things up just slightly can make a big impact. So are we going to bet on the, who wins, Roman and Cody? You, you really like this gambling thing, don't you? Well, I figure if I win enough times, maybe I will get my T-shirt. 
Oh my gosh. Um You don't have to. You, you okay, so at a 10, 10 out of 10 being supremely confident Cody's winning, where are you putting yourself at? 12. Wow. No, I'm, I'm dead serious, Mike. Like, he's winning. But just to me, there's not even a debate. There's not, I don't even contemplate such nonsense that he will not win. I'm dead serious. Okay. So let me throw this out here for you. Let me, let me throw this out. Let's say, let's say during the, and I'm just throwing hypotheticals out here. Let's say Cody and Roman are having their match. And they cut back to a, a segment with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and they're celebrating their, the new tag team champions. They're ecstatic. But all of a sudden, you know, you get this little glint in the eye of, of Sami Zayn, and he's still not quite happy. He's not going to be happy until he takes Roman out. What happens if Sami Zayn tries to go down to ringside just to look him dead in the eye, and it backfires, and Roman ends up winning? And now potentially you have a setup where you have Cody and Sami Zayn. Just saying, there are some things out there, things to think about. That would things, be entertaining too. Things to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, as we are talking about that, let's also run down the current WrestleMania card that's going to be happening for April first and second, which is going to be on the WWE Network. If you are outside of the United States, if you are inside the United States, it's going to be on Peacock. Once again. We have some more information here. Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You have a fatal four-way match for the men's tag team showcase match. The Street Profits, which is Montez Ford and D'Angelo Dawkins, are going to take on Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Alpha Academy, which is Chad Gable and Otis, versus the Viking Raiders, which is Eric and Ivar. You have a fatal four-way for the women's tag team WrestleMania showcase match. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus three teams to be named still. Intercontinental Championship Gunther will be in a three-way versus Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Hell in a Cell. Edge takes on Finn Balor. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control, which is Bailey and Dakota Kai. John Cena takes on Austin Theory for the United States Championship. Seth Rollins takes on Logan Paul. Brock Lesnar takes on Omos with MVP in his corner. Bianca Belair challenges, or Bianca Belair, the champion, is challenged by Asuka. Charlotte Flair, the champion, is challenged by Rhea Ripley. And finally, in night two of the main event, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Um, we'll probably go down these these this card the closer we get to WrestleMania as well. Let me ask you, right now, on the way the card looks, which card is going to, in your opinion, steal the show right now? Which one is, is oh my gosh, no matter what you say, you are not going to change my mind. I think this is going to be the match that steals the show. Edge and Finn. Damn right. I think um, the tag team four-way could be pretty good, too, though. It could be. A lot be. of good talent there. Indeed. But, uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be Edge and Finn Balor. Followed by a close second of Brock and almost. 
You still there, Mike? You are completely bullshitting me on that one. 100%. That's what I thought. Um, the Undertaker made a comment recently that he thought that Omos could be an attraction in WWE, that he needs to be displayed a certain way. So he's looked at as, as this larger-than-life icon type of deal. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about him. Um, I do know I saw an interview with him. He's a very humble guy, very good person. And, I mean, I like him as a human being. I, I'm not trying to knock him for his wrestling ability. But I don't think he ever intended to want to be a pro wrestler. If uh, you check out the interview, it was all about basketball and whatnot. And that didn't quite work out for him. So he went to a wrestling tryout. And he clearly was an attraction during that time. So I don't know if it's necessarily in his blood. But I think it's uh, interesting to see what they end up doing with him as far as making him a big part of the company going forward. I mean, we don't want him to become a giant Gonzalez. We don't want that. Of course, he's never going to become an attraction like The Undertaker. Um, I don't think he would be an attraction like Andre the Giant. But what could he be? Like, Could he be in between all of those? I think only time is going to tell. Well, he's got to be better than Giant Gonzalez. I'm not going to disagree with you. Giant Gonzalez just it really didn't uh, it didn't really resonate with the fans, even though he's a super good dude, super nice guy. Ellie Gante, um, who was in WCW even before he was in WWE, but it just again, it just didn't work out for him. Uh, I, I think the flesh colored outfit with the fur, you know, with the muscles that were painted on the outfit. Like, why? And what was have any muscles, for? Mike? No, that's not the. I get that, but the 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 painted on muscle outfit, and the fur. Mm. So okay, he's either a human, or he's a Sasquatch. What is he? Maybe he they're trying to turn him into the Yeti. Okay, here's the other thing that bothers me about that. That man was a mummy in WCW. Yep. A Yeti is another frame, another word for a Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yep, that's stupid. That's dumb. That I makes agree. no sense. I don't know why WCW went tits up. <laughs> and we wonder why. Um, so if I had to say, if, if they said, all right, we're going to give you the WWE WrestleMania pay-per-view and you have to pick only certain matches that you're going to watch. The ones I would watch out of everything would be the tag team championships, uh, the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I'd pick that great match i would pick the intercontinental uh three-way which is uh gunther drew mcintyre and sheamus mm-hmm. i pick hell in a cell um have i already picked three yep. yeah I have. I have um and i would probably put i really don't care about roman cody um Oh, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. That's going to be a good match. That's going to be a damn good match. Okay, just, so so we'll just look at the card, if you don't mind. Like, <clears throat> so I'm scrolling through here. You said you don't you don't fancy much for Roman versus Cody. No. How do you how do you feel about Charlotte and Rhea? Oh my God! Even more frustrated. I'm more frustrated for the simple fact that. 
I'm not a Charlotte fan. I think she's been shoved down our throats so much. I'm done. I mean, I think she's talented, but I'm sick of it. That's their excuse answer. Oh, we're going to go with Charlotte. I've seen every single Charlotte Flair match you can have. She's really starting to become her father. Um, I like Rhea Ripley, but Rhea Ripley, honest to God, cannot talk on a microphone to save her life. She's going to need a lot of time. Do I think the match is going to be good? Yeah, I think it could be good. Um, I think the whole concept on this match is to get Rhea over. But yes. um, but but I don't know. On a scale one to five, what what's my interest level in Rhea Charlotte? Maybe a three. Really? Yeah. Okay, what about Bianca and Asuka? Bianca and Asuka, I think, is an interesting thing because Asuka has changed her gimmick and she's kind of reinvented herself. Bianca has always been popular. She's on a lot of WWE banners, billboards, commercials. She's a good wrestler. Um, they're both fast-paced women as far as their their move set. Maybe a three and a half out of five. Wow, you are savage tonight. Um, Brock and almost next. Gonna, um, giving that one a two. That's that's about five more than I'd give it. Um. Seth versus Logan Paul. Uh, I think Man. we can both agree that's going to be a burn burner. That's going to be so good. Logan Paul is one of those guys that the industry wants to hate because he's an outsider, but they can't hate him because he's taken it seriously and he genuinely loves wrestling. He trains hard. He's a student of the game. I think that's going to be a phenomenal match. Yep, and absolutely, I if I had to pick only certain matches to watch, that would be one of them. I agree. Uh, Theory and Cena? Not that interested, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I'm not that interested because at the end of the day, I don't have confidence John Cena is going to be sticking around. I feel like this is just a way to get Theory over, give him a rub, give him a big highlighted WrestleMania match. Um, I think he's good, but I think what they're trying to do, but is they're trying to quell all this comparison between the two and have one guy reign supreme. And I think what they're going to try to do is try to have Austin Theory vanquish all of that talk about John Cena and finally say, hey, I'm the I'm the new kid in town. The comparison to those two I don't quite get personally. Austin Theory's not in Cena's league. He carries backpack. That's about it there. Yeah, but if you're going to be paying Austin Theory this money, he's young, yeah. he's hungry. I mean, you're definitely going to have to run with him right now. I guess so. Uh, me personally, I don't. I just don't care. That that matches. I would watch it more for Cena for the nostalgia factor than Austin Theory. Okay, let me ask you this: Does it go longer than ten minutes? No. We Not should a make chance. We should we should do this. The closer we get to WrestleMania, we should say. Who do we think is going to win, but um, maybe how we think it's going to end and the time amount in the match. I think that would be interesting as well. So. I think that'd be fantastic. Let's do um, that. All right. What else you got? So, like, the line, I'm just kind of quickly going through the character, your your level of caring and whatnot. So, Lynch, Lita, and Trish versus Damage Control. I'm lukewarm to it. Uh, I, don't, I don't really have a lot invested in it i'd probably watch it though like i think it could be an entertaining match i think it's an attraction match and what i mean oh, by yeah. that is for people like you and i 
who knew Trish from when she came in. We knew Lita from when she came in. I mean, I, I had watched Lita when she was in ECW. So, like, it's an attraction to see these Hall of Famers come in and take on Bailey, Dakota Kine, Iro Shirai. Like, I mean, Becky, Lita, Trish versus, I mean, I don't think you're going to have them lose the titles. There's no way. I'm just not that interested because there's not a whole lot of intrigue in any of this. Fair enough. Uh, the hell in a cell match for both all in on that one. I, I am going to get a catheter installed because I'm not going to the bathroom during that match. Yeah. Uh, Intercontinental, you're you're huge on that because Gunther's in there, obviously. He's, he's your guy. I think Gunther. that's going to be a good match. Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. I mean, any of them put on great matches. Yes. Sheamus is fantastic. And you know what? I'm not a big guy in saying this person is a Hall of Famer. Sheamus, in my opinion, is a Hall of Famer. Oh, my God, yes. That's, that's a no-brainer, I think. He is. And I just I am so high on the way Drew McIntyre has evolved and changed everything. And, you know, I would compare Drew McIntyre a lot to like a Jinder Mahal because they were part of that whole was it 3MB or whatever it was at one point with Heath Slater. But I would say that he did it to the point where he made himself he went with the flow and he was very, very good about the changes. But I think the company had a lot of confidence in him as well. He was not a guy who was going to be bad at carrying the company banner. Drew McIntyre is a class act. Sheamus is a class act. I'm assuming Gunther is as well. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be brutal as shit. I think you're going to see welts on each other. They're all going to be dripping from sweat. And I think it's going to get a standing ovation. And I I think it's, it's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome. That'll definitely be a good match. Uh, The women's fatal four away. Well, I mean, there's only one team out. So I, I, I don't know. Again, I mean, when we when we look at this, you know, we're looking at, you know, Liv Morgan, okay, Liv Morgan. We They tried the Liv Morgan experience when she was SmackDown champion, and it didn't really work. And I think Raquel Rodriguez, or Raquel Gonzalez, whatever you want to refer to her as, um, I think she is somebody who's on WWE's radar as being the next star. And I think, honestly, she's going to be somebody who dethrones um or takes on whoever is the winner of the um of the Rhea versus Charlotte. I really believe that. I think that, she, that I think they're gonna they're gonna build her up big and I'm excited about that because she's got the look, she's got the ability, she is um and I hate to say this, but I mean in a business, what you try to do is appeal to all different sectors of your audience. And she's different. She's not this cookie cutter type of person. Blonde hair, bleach blonde hair, blue eyes, big boobs, this or that. Not to say that that they're still doing that because they've gotten away from that. But she's just, in some ways, she reminds me of kind of like a China in some ways. I'm not going to go all in on that. But I think she kind of has some symbol. Uh, some similarities to that, but I'm all about her. And I think she's going to be huge this time next year for next year's WrestleMania. I think she's going to be competing for a world title. Well, I, I want to see her and Rhea. I think that's going to be, now, I think that's, that's going to happen. That's going to be fantastic. Banana Lance. That's going to be amazing. I agree. Um, the men's fatal four way. I think this is going to be a very good match. Honestly. Uh, I, I love the Viking Raiders. Uh, well, it's well-known fact. I think Otis is the greatest wrestler ever to live. 
Uh, Ricochet is amazing. Stuff yes, he's going to do flying all over Hell's Half Acre. That's going to be great. Uh, Ford, Montez Ford's amazing. So I think that could be a great match. That's going to be a bit of a sleeper match, I think. It People very well could expect be. a hell of a lot out of it, but that's going to be a good match. Um, the one thing I would say about this match, you have Montez Ford and, and, and Angelo Dawkins might see a breakup between them at WrestleMania. And the reason I say this, because I really feel like Montez Ford is, is ready to get a more of a push as a singles guy. And I think at the end of the day, it's much like a Marty and Sean. You have a great tag team, but you may see more in one than you do in the other. And Montez Ford was in the Elimination Chamber, and I think we all remember how great he was in the Elimination Chamber. Dude. I really do feel like we're going to see a split either at Mania or shortly after Mania, and that Montez Ford's going to come out on top. You're right. Ricochet's great. Chad Gable is great. Um, Otis is great. I think he's definitely good for comic relief as well. The Viking Raiders, I don't, I don't know. I think they're good, but I just don't know if they have that overall appeal that the audience is going to be looking for. I could be completely wrong. See, I like the Viking Raiders. I think they're amazing. Do you think they could come out on top in this? Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I think they could. Be very yeah. interesting. I agree. Uh, and then we have the the uh, undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Usos versus Sammy and KO. Uh, I think that match is just going to be lights out as well. I agree. Uh, Sammy and KO are going over, I think. I agree. They're, they're going to be walking out with title. But I mean, it's just, it's a good card. It is a very good there, Realistically, there are what? There's one match that we can both agree is not going to be much. But the rest, we might not be overly interested in. But I think there'll be decent matches. No, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not trying to poo-poo on, on all these. No. I'm just saying from my personal opinion. you know. But I, I agree with you. All of these are talented wrestlers. And I think they're going to put on good matches. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Now, to what level? I don't know. Um, I guess we're gonna have to wait and see, see what happens, see if anybody shows up unexpectedly. Uh, will a Jay White show up at WrestleMania? There is some speculation because he's a free agent. Would he show up there? We don't know. Now, for those of you who are not super familiar, Jay White has been a staple of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's also spent some time over in Ring of Honor. I realize that this new generation of wrestling fans doesn't know a whole lot about Ring of Honor, and that's fine. I know a lot of people um, claim to be these new international wrestling fans, which, you know, I watch this promotion and I watch that promotion. Jay White's a, a really excellent wrestler. So if you don't know who Jay White is, I think you should definitely, and if you don't know who Juice Robinson is, definitely go on YouTube and watch matches of these guys. If you don't know who Will Ospreay is, go to YouTube, watch matches of Will Ospreay. There are so many people who are internationally known Jeff Cobb is huge. In fact, Jeff Cobb is supposed to be on AEW Dynamite this week. But there's so many people outside of WWE's universe that are just as good as WWE superstars, but they don't always get the attention because WWE dominates the landscape of wrestling. If you're not there, you're not anywhere. But these guys are really good. Jay White definitely could show up. I mean, Osprey's amazing. 
Look what he did his matches with Kenny Omega. Oh my god. I mean, if it wasn't for him, nobody knows who Kenny Omega is. Well, moving on, um, I I think that we've done a great job in uh, running down the WrestleMania card. We'd love to know what your thoughts are as well. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what your thoughts are. I am at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Butster, what's your handle on the Twitter? At G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. Perfect. Um, We started off the show talking about... Cody and Roman Reigns, and and we started the show talking about that because there is some speculation uh, whether or not it's just trying to work the fans that inner workings have leaked out that they really don't know who's going to be the champion at the end of it. Maybe, maybe that's just all rhetoric and BS. Maybe there's some truth to that. The button I talked about it in segment one. He definitely sees Cody going over. I am kind of on the fence on this whole thing. I think swerves are big. And if you want to have a big WrestleMania moment, you definitely could have a swerve on this one. But then again, where do you go after this? That's kind of the big thing. Um, I'm not really sold on Cody being quote unquote, the guy, Um, but I could be wrong on that. It depends on what's going to be happening when it comes to WrestleMania. Also, if you would like to weigh in on this discussion, let us know uh, on social media. We just gave out our Twitter handles. Let us know. Are you uh, pro Cody? Do you think he's definitely going to take it? Do you think Roman is going to retain and throw everybody off? Let us know what your thoughts are on that. Um, I did want to play a clip, a segment of the Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns face-to-face as it builds up to WrestleMania, which once again, we're talking about 12 days. So everything should be going in this direction, right? Everything should be ramping up uh, to the apex to find out what exactly is going to be happening. So I want to play this clip. I want you guys to be able to hear this. And then Butt and I are going to talk about how we think it went and who do we think came out looking better and who do we think it didn't really end up looking as great as they could have. And the Butt can see me right now. I'm trying to get this thing going here. But talk so I can uh, get this pulled up. Why wouldn't you have this prepared before the show, Mike? I look, I was ready, and then you know, shit happens. Like I know we fly by the seat of our pants. This is literally, but like this is bad. Like, and the notes. When did you start doing notes? And why was I not included in that? Um, I, I'll admit the notes thing. Maybe it's not as much notes as just like links to my favorite news articles. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So I'm not, hey, hey, look, don't think I'm, <laughs> don't start thinking I'm, oh my gosh, he's progressing. He's growing. He's becoming a better podcast. No, I'm not. I'm the same schmuck that I've been for the better part of my entire podcasting career. So uh, let me, let me pull this up. Let me go ahead and play this clip and then we will talk about what our thoughts are. And who came out smelling like roses and who left smelling like a doo-doo bag? We all know where this is going. You know exactly what we were thinking when we looked at that sign. And by the sound of it, all these people are thinking the exact same thing. There's only one way we can settle this. And there's only one place to do it. The greatest states of them all. Jimmy, you and your brother against me and my brother for the undisputed tag team championship at WrestleMania. 
this might be our one shot to put this uh Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens problem in the dirt. So yeah, brother versus brother at WrestleMania, we accept. As a matter of fact, we ain't gotta wait till Mania. We'll see you right now. Uh -oh. Here we go! It's about to all kick off on Monday Night Raw. Challenge issue, challenge accepted, and fists are flying tonight in St. Louis. Wise man, he's what we used to be. He's like our fathers. He's a professional wrestler. What we used to be, you see, I'm a fighter, which in turn has allowed me to be the megastar around here. And you come in here and you say all these things that you're going to do when we know you're not going to do them because look at your track record. Let's look at it. You didn't want to do the Stardust thing, so what happened? You ran away. And what happened? You ran away, you started a company and a promotion that you couldn't get over in. And then you ran away. You're not cut out for this. You keep talking about finishing the story. April 2nd, I'm going to finish the story. No, you're not. April 2nd is just a moment. It's an opportunity. It's like a lotto ticket for you. Your real moment is on April 3rd. Because when you wake up, you're going to have to look in the mirror. And then you're going to have to confront that adversity again. Not like you used to. Because when you look in the mirror, I want you to make a choice. And I want that choice to be something that your dad could be proud of. Otherwise, you're just going to do what you always do and run like a little. Okay. Okay. Run. Run away. So for those out here, these, these little nightmares, if you've got the weight belt, if, uh, if you're somebody who likes the undesirable to undeniable tale, you have to know that what Roman's saying right now is true. You're talking to you calling me what we what our fathers were a wrestler man i tried i started here at 20 years old wwe born and bred i wanted to be a superstar sometimes i still want to be a superstar but maybe that's the truth maybe inside i am just a runaway violent like the taste of blood in my mouth professional wrestler and i'll tell you what and we'll make it clear right here and right now Nobody needs to bring up my father one more time because if I hear it again, I'm absolutely going to vomit. He's not coming to this ring to hit a bionic elbow. My brother works elsewhere. The only thing that you're going to see at WrestleMania is me. Anyone want to talk about family? You want to talk about family? Here, I'll bring up someone you don't know. My mean-ass Cuban mother, who in this moment, you know what she would tell me? She would say, knock that boy out. Again, for good measure. You've got to wake up without these titles that mean the most in our world. And when that happens, here's what else happens. Jay is going to leave you. And then Jimmy will leave you too. So no Usos, guess what happens then? Solo 
Well, you've been glaring at me all night. Let me tell you something that I had to find out when I was a second generation flanked by the champion. You think you're ready. You're not ready. Solo leaves you too. And when Solo leaves you, this man, well, he becomes an advocate again. So there you'll be. A man without a family. A Roman with no more reigns. A chief without a tribe. Okay, so that was uh, kind of a, a long little uh, ditty that we had right here. So we heard uh, from Sammy and Kevin Owens accepting the match for WrestleMania. We also heard how Roman Reigns was upset about that whole thing, about uh, not running it past him. But let's go to the promo itself. What did you think about the promo? Roman had his side. Cody had his side. But let's let's talk about this here for a second. So I, I think both guys had a lot to say. And I think it was interesting to see the crowd's response to all of this. All right, looks like we got the butt back here. So, Butster, what was your what was your take on the promo um, between Cody and Roman? Uh, I thought Cody sounded fantastic. Uh, Roman's not a good talker. He's way better than he was, but he's not a good talker, I don't think. Well, that's why they put him with Heyman or put Heyman with him, I guess. Uh, Cody was very good in his part. And he is true. Yes. Like we talked about, if we had to hear about Dusty anymore, we're going to puke. He feels the same way. He He's not an idiot. He knows what's going on. I'm sure he's looking online, hearing that people are getting fed up, hearing about Dusty all the time and Dustin. And so he knows what's going on. I think, to me, Cody's still going to win it. And I think he looked better or sounded better in that promo of the two. I enjoyed his segment. I think Cody's a great talker. I think he's probably a little underrated, honestly. Interesting. Um, I kind of had a different take on that. I actually thought that as much as Roman is not Mr. Microphone, I still think that Roman has improved significantly, and I think we'll agree on that. But I also think Roman actually spoke from the heart, and I think there was a lot of... I think the difference with Cody is I think with Cody, you get that same, you know, and he's calling his fans the little nightmares or whatever they call it. I mean, okay. All right. All right. We'll go with that. I don't know. I feel like we have that whole same buildup every time with Cody, this underdog. I like the taste of blood in my mouth. Maybe I am this or that. I feel like it's the same thing with him. And not to say sometimes consistency isn't a good thing. I don't know, man. I I don't know. And I could be completely wrong, but I just don't know if I'm completely sold on Cody being the champion. I don't know. Before we got, uh, what did you say it was, 12 days? We got 12 days, and I mean, here's a big reason why. I think, you know, what they did at the end was when they teased um, CeeLo Sokoa, I think that could that be their kind of their out type of deal. I mean, he is, for those of you who don't know that, he's the son of Umaga. And that's why they've been pushing so hard for Umaga to be into the WWE Hall of Fame because obviously he's a second-generation star. He is part of the Inouye family. And um, so anyway, that's why that big push has been for him to get into the Hall of Fame. I think Roman sounded really good. I think Roman won this uh, this face-to-face, if you want to call it that. And I think that leaves a lot of people wondering what's going to happen. 
because I don't think you're going to completely dismantle the bloodline. I just don't see that happening. I've, one thing I find very interesting, we've known each other for a few years now. We talk a fair bit or what, not just on, not just on the show. Sure. How from one segment, we did two different takes. And I don't say that in a bad way. I think it's fantastic. That's the fun in it. You you listen to it. You watch it. This is what you got from it. I got basically the exact opposite. That's fantastic. Really. There's a lot of fun to that. Yeah, it is. It's interesting to see people's different perspectives. You just made it sound fancier than me. But yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. So kind of moving on from WrestleMania, we'll circle back around and talk more about WrestleMania in the weeks to come and in the shows to come. But I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about, you know, we've talked about the dominance of Roman Reigns as a champion. Let's kind of see, how would we compare Roman Reigns to prior WWE champions? So how would you compare Roman Reigns? I mean, if you were to look at champion Reigns in prior years, in prior decades, is there anybody that comes to mind that you say, wow, you know what, this run is very reminiscent of this? Because we've made those comparisons before from other wrestlers. This title reign is a lot like this title reign, or this guy is doing a lot of things that this guy did when he was champion. Uh, we've compared the Shawn Michaels reigns, the Bret Hart reigns, the Diesel reigns, the Bob Backlund reigns, the Hulk Hogan reigns, the Yokozuna reigns. You know, I could go on and on and on. But when we, especially John Cena and Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, how would we put, or where would we put Roman Reigns's championship reign when we're talking about it in in the the sense of history, right? So I'm putting him above Diesel's and okay. his reigns. I, mean, I would put him in with. I would put him mid to upper mid. I would put him in with your Michaels, your Bret Hart's. Okay. Uh, not a Stone Cold or The Rock. You know, now I sound like I'm contradicting myself a little bit. I could see the comparison maybe to a little bit of Hulk. <laughs> Honestly, I I could see that because Hulk's had obviously had some great runs, mm-hmm. right? And Roman's been champion for three years. So I mean, if you're gonna talk time wise, I bet you he'd be towards the the upper upper tier uh, on duration. I mean, he's not Bruno San Martino, champion for seventy one years or whatever the hell it was back in the day. Jesus, I've heard of exaggerations, but seventy one years, I love it. That's WWE math. Yes, it is. You know. So, but no, I mean, he's not going to be in, in that class there. But I would put him in realistically. For regards to the entertainment value, I'd put him in with like your Sean and your Brett. I don't think he's in the upper echelon. But and then you get into your time wise, I can see a little bit towards some of Hulk's reigns because Hulk didn't have the belt for three years, did he? Um, I think so. Let's see here. So, okay, first of all, we we talked about this on a prior show. Mm -hmm. I would like to dispel this whole 71 years thing. Uh, Let me. me, I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me do the math here. So, um, so Bruno San Martino is number one, seven point six years. That's crazy. Seven point six years. Bob Backlin is coming in at number two, and he was. Let's see here. 
5.8 years. So that's Bob Backlund. Hogan, if we're talking about Hogan. Four years. So he's at four years. So let's go to Bruno San Martino. And he was 3.3 years. So he's a Bruno. And let's see Pedro Morales. So remember, 3.3 years for Bruno. And Pedro was 2.81. You put him above Pedro? Well, I'm just going with length. (laughs) You wish you were going with length. Uh, yes. So no, but no, not not. Well, he's in the Bruno San Martino category. So for time wise, uh, yeah. one of Bruno's reigns. But I'm talking overall. Would you put him above Morales? Um, and the problem is, I I, I didn't see a lot about Pedro. I mean, that's mm-hmm. once again that was even a little bit ahead of my time. So when we say ahead of, are we talking about just quality of the champion reign? Quality reign. Because if you're going time-wise, that's easy. That's easy to figure out. He'd be like fifth or something, sixth. Uh, He would be right around four. Yeah, so, but I mean, he's not the fourth greatest no, heavyweight champion. So, I mean, we not. can't go on a, on a strictly time thing. Um, Who do I, I mean, who would I compare him to from a quality? Brett's reigns were not long. Stone Cold's yeah. reigns were not long. No, but they were like super. Um, hmm. But you wouldn't put him above Stone Cold. You're not going to put him above The Rock. No. You know. That's where it gets hard. Now you're talking generational. It's, you know, that, that's your big debate, right? Realistically, well, there wasn't a lot of really great options during Roman's reign. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean... Would you put him around the Cena era? Oh, Jesus. Tail end of Cena era. Let me see. Let me look at this. Let me look at... Let me see how long Yokozuna was. Um, I'd put him above Yokozuna. So he won it. He beat Brett. So Yokozuna beat Brett at WrestleMania 9. And then he lost it at WrestleMania 9. And then he won back at King of the Ring in Dayton, Ohio. So, eh, that's tough. Quality. Do you think his matches are quality? Romans? Yeah. I mean, do you, okay, on a scale 1 to 10, if you're watching it, is he a one-trick pony in some ways? I mean, he's got that... No, he's a bit better than that. He's got a jump punch. He ripped it off Orange Cassidy's. It's a Superman punch? Fine, yeah. We'll go that. And, and the spear. And the spear, yeah. So he stole from Edge. Um, yeah. No, I would put him in... Maybe a six, six and a half out of ten. for Wow. You are really okay. Okay, I, I'm giving him. A, he's way better. He's like a ten times better than he was. He's like terrible. Let's be I, honest. He was shitty in the ring, <laughs> and he was shitty on the mic. At one time, he was. He was just a filled diaper. <laughs> he 
Was he far from that, Mike? Honestly. No, he wasn't. First he was, when he started, hey, he's come leaps and bounds. And kudos he him. He's he's way better than he was. He just was not ready at the beginning. And he was pushed to the moon. And we had to suffer through him. And that's probably why a lot of fans don't care much for him now. But today's Roman, he's way better in the ring. He's way better on the mic. Okay, right, so I would put him in talent-wise, like in-ring match, I would go six, six and a half. No, no more than that. Like we're not gonna get four here. Um, okay, I'm gonna send you something that I think that you should take a look at because this gives some pretty good ideas of where people are. Like Hulk was a one-trick pony. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not Big saying boot he leg drop over. Yes. So right now they're saying that Roman Reigns is a 7.04, and this is based upon uh, cagematch.net, which is a really good site. So it basically talks about his average matches that he has had throughout the years that he's been an active wrestler, which I think is really good. I like the fact, and this is rated on by the fans. I believe it's by the fans. Uh, Steve Kern trained him, which is Skinner. Which I love Skinner. Um, so he gets he gets a seven. I think that's high. I'd give him a five and a half, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, I'll give him a five. I mean, he's above average, but I'm not about to go seven range. Seven range is is in little little bit much. Okay, who's in the seven range then? Who would you put in the seven? Uh, I put well, I put Edge above seven. I'd yeah, put Edge. Fair. Huh? That's fair. Um, I put Seth Rollins more than seven. So mm-hmm. let me see if I can pull his rating up here. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, Edge. Yeah, well, actually, Cage Match ranks Edge at a 9.32, which, yeah, that's he's really good. That's high. Uh, I don't know. I I was going to rate Edge. I would say Edge is Edge is at least in the mid eights, eight five to eight seven. Okay, so you are disagreeing with his nine point three two rating. That's high. Like he was really. Where was there a bad Edge match? I'm not saying this. There's been bad matches, but when I'm thinking nine, like I'm, I'm thinking all time greats. Okay, give me somebody who you think is a nine. Otis, shut up. I'll do it, but this is ridiculous. I don't even know why I'm looking this shit up. Okay, no, it's not Otis. Oh no no um, no 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 no! I want to look this up because I want to. <laughs> I want to finally put this bullshit um, to rest. Nine. <laughs> Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whatever the hell he goes by, the American Dragon. What's Otis? Oh, 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 this is great. Oh my God. Oh, I send that message with a hearty heart laugh. Oh, oh you click on that one and. No, this is ridiculous. I it don't accept ridiculous. this. Tell the. <laughs> 
Tell the audience what Otis ranks at. No, I'm not going to speak him. blasphemy. All right. He ranks in 8.85. If you're dyslexic, sure. He ranks in at 5.88, kids. I used to be dyslexic, but I'm KO now. You're terrible. I'm a bad person. Um, His highest rating so far as an active wrestler came in 2019 when he was a 7.09. Ever since that, in 2020, he dropped to a 5.33 rating. He dropped again in 2021 to a 5.2. He rebounded in 2022 as a 6.23 and then dropped again so far in 2023 to a 6. Overall, he's a 5.88. No, so. but no, all seriousness aside, like, who would I put in at a 9? Yeah. Who's a 9? Sean? Okay, let's see what Sean is. I think Sean's definitely in that category. Sean's definitely in that category. A modern, current wrestler, the American Dragon. Yeah, He's I think we, be, we can all agree to that. Um, Hangman. Okay, so Sean Michaels gets a 9.6 out of 10. That's high. That's. I mean, he was damn good. But yes, 9.6 out of 10. You, you might... I, the butster, you kill me. Yeah, he's right up there. Wow. He's like, got a 9.6. Like one of the greatest of all time. To be a 9.6, nice 96 out of 100. Okay, so let's... <laughs> Folks, you can't beat this here on Front Row Material. We give you not only wrestling takes, but we also bring you math. So you like make sure that? each and every week you have a piece of paper, a pencil, and an eraser. All right. So many people call Ric Flair. Amazing. 8.2. For what? For Ric Flair. Oh, you already looked it up? No, that's a guess. You're saying 8.2. Yep. 9.11. 9.11. Well. Okay, let's put Brian Danielson in here. I mean, who's going to get higher than a 9.6 right now? Who's going to get higher than a 9.6, in your opinion? Who's going to do it? Shit. That's a uh, that's pretty high score. I don't know if... All right, he beat 9.96. He can... Or what is it? 9.6. 9.6. He got a 9.56. Wow. What about the Rock? Yeah, let's take out the Rock and see what he he f- falls on cage match. I know somebody who's probably going to get a great score, but get to myself. Will Osprey. That's a great one. So let's see where the Rock falls. Can he beat nine point six? He cannot. He's stuck at nine point two. Um, I'm going to do the one I want right now, just because I feel like it's going to be really good. Kenny Omega? Yeah. 6.4. You are just an evil person. Well, I've heard that before. You are just so... Why are you spiteful on a guy who's a fellow Canadian? Why do you like him? Oh, oh, so it's all based upon... Oh, Freeland likes him. He must be the drizzling shits. No, I just hate to torture you. Mm-hmm. Oh, 10. Bullshit. He is a 10. Bret Hart, 9.44. No, I'm kidding. Kenny Omega does not. They don't have a uh, overall rating for him on here. Oh, what's that tell you? 
sack of shit. You're terrible. <laughs> terrible. Who? So who did you just look up? Bret Hart. What does he get? 9.44. Where do you go from there? You're, you know, when you start getting up at it, those are, you're at the top. Yeah, but you're I, not. I don't know who could be better. Who's going to be better than 9.6? Definitely he's not Flair. Let's see. Uh, here we go. Hmm. Interesting. What's there? Hogan also does not have a overall rating. I don't know this why. He does. I looked it up. No, he does not. A bad t-shirt? Oh, 7.05. 7.05. Which I think is bullshit, but whatever. Should be higher? Yes. I think he should be... He should be in the solid 8 range. That's my Really? Opinion. Yeah, I'd give him an 8. Kenny Omega is oh. a 9.51. Kenny's a 9.5, so he hasn't beaten 9.6 yet. Well, there's a reason why they call him the best bout machine. So, anyway, um, let's uh, let's talk about let let me look up the guy who is part of our next segment. And our our next guy is, as the music plays, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. I'm better than you, and you know it. Um, MJF has been a, a staple in AEW um, really since its inception. Uh, and he's, by the way, an 8.76. So he is the champion right now. What would you say, in your opinion, makes him such a good champion? He's because it, it's clearly not that he is on every single episode of Dynamite. But what makes him? What makes his championship reign so good? Continue. Because he's just a prick. He's a prick. You want to see him wrestle, even though you know you're not going to see him wrestle much. But you want to see him because you want to see somebody beat him up. Right. He's a dickhead. He's arrogant. He's well. He's better than you. He he just talks down to everybody. But he can wrestle. Is the thing. He can legitimately go. Right. You want to see him wrestle because. He's the heel that you want to see get beat. Then again, you want to see all the heels get beat, but you want to see somebody beat the stuffing out of him. Okay. He's he's just that that bully in high school or whatever it would be. You just don't like him. That's what makes his tethering so good is because you, you just don't like him. Or you like him because you don't like him. I know that's kind of twisted, but you know what I mean? No, I'm following you. Like he's He's... He's a fantastic. He's one of the best heels there's been in a long, long time. He's he's pretty much a throwback heel, like a like a Roddy Piper type of thing. He's he's amazing. I love him. I think he's great. So okay, so kind of what we did with Roman Reigns. Where would you put him right now? And and it's early. AEW's only been around for four years, but. When we put, you know, everybody who's won the AEW World Championship and we put their title reigns. So, obviously, Jericho has been champion. He was the inaugural champion. Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, and obviously MJF. I mean, you have guys who have been champion in AEW. 
Who do you think had the best reign? Who had the best run, in your opinion? I know who I'm going with. I'm going to go with Mox. Absolutely. I, I think that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. I agree. Um, oh, and that guy named Phil used to be a champion, too, one time. So, uh, One of your favorites. Yep. Sure. Let's go so, with that. So, so what would you say made Mox, his title reign, so impressive? Would you say it was because the simple fact that, man, he really carried a company when shit hit the fan after All Out, mm-hmm. and it wasn't supposed to be this way, but he really rallied the troops and gave locker room speeches and carried the banner and made sure that they got through you know turbulent times. I definitely take that into consideration. What's your thought here? Oh, that's huge. That part of it is because he wasn't planned to be your champion. Right. He was he was a backup plan. Not and I don't say that in a bad way. It's just that's not where they were going with it. Right. So he became the, the champion out of necessity. Uh he and he carried him. And I I enjoy Mox. I enjoy his matches. You no know, when he's coming into the ring, coming through the people and stuff like that. That's amazing. He's a pretty much a meat and potatoes wrestler, more of a brawler than Muddy is a wrestler. In all reality, the blading's got to stop. But oh my god, you know it's it's, it's entertaining. Like I mean, his matches—they're always good. But you know what you're gonna get with him. You know it's gonna be a physical, stiff match. There's generally not a lot of bullshit and Gaga. Nope. Right? It's pretty much straightforward. It's a step above a fisticuff. Really, you're not going to see him drop kicks or or nothing like that. No, a scattered tope suicida, as Excalibur would put it. But for the most part, it's punch him in the face, kick him, kick him some more, punch him in the face some more, paradigm shift, go home. Not that that's a bad thing. No, not at all. But you know what you're going to get, and it. It's always good because you he's believable. He is. His matches look like two people beating the tar out of each other. And they are to a certain extent. But you know it's not like a legit fist fight. But it's close because he lays it in pretty snug. And he takes it too. Right? Like his match with Evil Uno was a very good match. There was nothing wrong with that match. I know some people poo-pooed on it. I enjoyed it. I thought and, it was a great match. And it's nice to see somebody random yes. get a title shot. Yes. As opposed to, you know, Mox and Hangman. Mox and Hangman. No, Mox and Punk. Jericho and Punk. Jericho. And, it's good to see somebody different. And it showed that Eve Luna was pretty damn good. Underrated, if anything, really. I would occur. I would agree. Right, so, but no, I I would say Mox would have been your, your I don't want to say better, no, because they were all good, except for Punk. So, yeah, to say the best reign, it's, it's true, but I, I don't want to say it, because that kind of takes it away from the other guys to put in great reigns, too. Put on, put in some good matches, and put in the work, except for Punk. 
So No, I mean, I can agree with you on that. I mean, I think when you look at – man, this is so hard to say because when you look at a champion, you're looking at somebody who the company believes is going to be somebody who's going to be able to take the company to the next level or someone who's going to be able to carry the banner in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that he, that MJF is definitely one of those um, – polarizing characters right he's somebody that you're like oh is he really see really somebody aew gets behind or is it because they really don't have a whole lot of choices they've we've already seen hangman as champion as you said before we've already seen moxley as champion we know jericho isn't going to go for the championship again we know brian danielson is not wanting to become aew world champion he's obviously definitely there to put people over and improve them so the depth of that aspect of it is kind of shallow, the pool, unless you're starting to kind of crest into the Ricky Starks or Jungle Boy or Darby Allen, I mean, or Sammy Guevara, which, I mean, those are possibilities as well. But what they have with MJF right now is I think they have a constant. He's definitely going to get eyeballs. But is he somebody that the company thinks long term that he's going to be willing to stay within the company and help build the company up? I mean, he talks about you know potentially leaving, and he makes that very vocal. Do you believe he will leave at, at in twenty twenty four if he has the opportunity? Probably. Well, not anybody's going to leave if the right offer gets put on the table. You're leaving, right? That's just human nature. We're all going to leave. You leave the school you work at tomorrow. If right offer came along, I know I'd leave where I work tomorrow. If right offer came along, we're all going to, because you got to think MJF is, he's at the top of the heap in AEW. Mm-hmm. So realistically, if he's driven by a challenge, he's got nothing left to do there. He's twenty-five years old or whatever. He's a young man, right? He's already a champion. You know, he's plastered all over TV. So if it's the challenge he's looking for, well, he's he's already maxed out in AEW. So you go to WWE to see where you can go, if that's the route. Or, I mean, if it's a money thing, Vince, well, whoever owns at that time, is going to throw money at him. Everybody's going to throw money at him, right? So then it's just a matter of his, if he's chasing the cash, he's going to go to the biggest offer, which could be WWE. But the cons got money too. Yes, so they, they do. Throw out a good offer. Is it a loyalty thing? I'm sure he might be loyal. They're the ones that kind of gave him his big break. But at the end of the day, Mike, most of us are loyal to the dollar more than anything else. Do you, loyal do you... to securing our future and bettering ourselves for the future or our families or whatever it would be. Do you do you think he would if he he did jump? Would he be an NXT guy at the beginning? Oh Jesus, no, no, he doesn't go to NXT. No, he goes right to the main roster. You're not going to put him in the minors. Come on, Mike. Just no way you think that's even a thought. Just saying, throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there because it wouldn't surprise me. No, come on. How do you see that working? I think at the end of the day, if they want to make him a WWE guy, they're going to make him pay his WWE dues. 
And I think they're going to send him. They sent Samoa Joe to NXT. Why would you send Samoa Joe to NXT? I mean, that made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, but I don't know. There's, there's no way on God's green earth mm-hmm. that MJF is going to sign with them to go to NXT. That'll never happen. There's no way. Yeah, I'm the champion at the second biggest wrestling federation in possibly the world. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the minors for a little bit. No problem. I'm cool with that. Come on. That'll never happen. He could His be ego's star. too big for that. Everybody's ego's too big for that. He could be the star down there and then build his way up. Nope. I'm just saying, WWE has done a lot of interesting things here. Do you... Um, so you definitely see in 2024, if the dollar amount's right, he would definitely leave. Yep. Absolutely. Do you feel like AEW is always going to be looked upon as a stepping stone? Or do you say it depends on what the person wants out of wrestling? I think they're always going to play second fiddle to WWE. I have no problem with that. I, right. I would and, not disagree. That I think that's, well, I shouldn't say always. It could change, but for the next five years or better, they're going to play second fiddle to WWE. I'm not. If they have right. longevity to pull off eight, ten years. You know, and but they're not growing. That's their killer. So I mean, they're stagnant where they are. They're not growing at all. So yeah, I think they will always be a, a stepping stone. Some some talent will go there. They're getting paid well. They're on TV. They have a list schedule, and they're happy and they're content. And there's not a damn thing wrong with it. And they, they're still stars, and they're still damn good talent. But there are some that are going to use it as a stepping stone to get your national exposure. To where WWE is calling, Triple H is giving you a shout, and you know you've shown that you're a solid talent. You've shown that you can perform on TV. You get your camera spots right. You're doing everything the right way. Use it to to get to the next level. That's what that's going to be. That's going to happen a fair bit. I think for the next while, they're going to be a stepping stone. Yes, unfortunately. And I'm an AEW guy. You know that. I like I AEW. Do. I'm not saying that in a bad way or, or to talk down about them. It's just the reality of it at the current moment. Do you think that MJF will... Let's say MJF does go ahead and jump to WWE in 2024. Where do you think, if you're a prognosticator, where he actually ends up being? I mean, is he going to be... A John Cena in WWE? Is he going to be a Stone Cold Steve Austin in WWE? Like, what is he, where is he going to fall in the categories of big name stars? Is he going to be on the level of a being pushed like a Seth Rollins? Is he going to be a Miz? Like, what is he going to be? Or is he going to be regulated to a mid card guy when it comes to WWE? No, he'll be better than a mid card guy. One of your ruinations for MJF, though, is if he goes to WWE, they're going to tone him down. Oh, I agree. They're going to make some changes. Absolutely. And that's half the beauty of him. Do you think he will save or anything? I mean, you know how many threw a drink on the kid? Like, that wouldn't fly in WWE. No. There'd be hell and high water. I would concur. Right. So that's what, if he does leave and go there, he's going to get watered down. 
which is definitely going to hurt him because that's that's a lot of what his gimmick is is just an asshole. So they're going to water that down, and and he'll they'll have to tone him down because you know uh, Peacock won't be happy with that on their TV. They'll lose yeah. their mind. I agree. Right. So I no, I think he'd be. I don't think he's going to be the guy. I don't think he'll be the top of the heap. He'll be better in the mid card. Maybe Seth Rollins. Okay. Do you think uh, he'd ever get? Would he ever get a chance to be WWE champion? No. I don't think so. Because uh, so, it's just because of his gimmick. The heel gimmick as a champion it is hard to get over sometimes, especially his type of being a heel. Okay. Because he's over the top of he's 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 a vile, vile man when he's on the mic. Right? I'm not saying that he's not a good person in real life. I don't mean it that way, but on the microphone, he's a terrible person. He's mean, he's ignorant, he's condescending, he's everything you don't want somebody to be. And I don't think WWE would allow somebody that unhinged to be your champion. Once again, we just finished saying that they're going to tone him down a bit. They'll have to. But I just don't think he would be your champion because they'll have to water him down a bit to where he's not going to be as entertaining. Yeah. But he can still go in the ring. And that's something that gets forgotten a lot about him. Because we all talk about the same thing, his talking. right? But he's no slouch. He can wrestle. Right? That that one-hour match he had was a good match. It's a damn good match. A bit of a fooey finish, but it was a good match. A lot of guys wouldn't be able to pull that off, one-hour match. And it's not like that was a slow-paced match. They were going. Right? So he can definitely wrestle. And he's always going to have to be a heel. There's nobody going to get behind him as a babyface. You're just not believing it. Right, because when you're such a good heel, you're going to have, if you go babyface, you're going to have to have somebody who's just as equally or not better of a heel than you would be. So at that point in time, who are you going to pick who could be more cutting than the guy you've just recently turned babyface? Like, who's going to go more than that? Now, I will say AEW guys do do have good experiences on the mic. I mean, Sammy's good on the mic. Um, I think Darby's good on the mic. I think Jungle Boy is getting better at being on the mic. And I think what they're trying to do for the big double or nothing pay-per-view, which is coming up in May, is it may be a fatal four-way. And I think that that would be really, really interesting. Now, I would also say I don't think MJF is losing the championship in the year 2023. Can we both get on board with that? We don't see him losing it. No, God, no. Not barring something foolish happening. But no, I can't see. So where do we think the reign would end or do you think that this could go on until you've literally built somebody up that you feel like could take the championship? Cause we talked about the whole Wardlow situation. Would that be, but now it seems like the, the wheels have kind of come off of Wardlow. I'm uh, not really sure what happened with, with all of that. Obviously, you know, he wasn't being punished because his car got broken into that was part of a storyline, mm-hmm. which obviously they're, they're working on as well. But I mean, at one point the Wardlow thing was super, super red hot. It's cooled down significantly now. 
what do you do? Um, you know, you haven't had Kenny versus MJF yet. I think that might be interesting because you haven't had those two. But then again, are you going to sacrifice a Kenny Omega to have MJF go over him? When a lot of people believe that if Kenny can go and have great matches with people all over the world, that an MJF was, is going to come up and beat him like that. That's a little hard to believe. Like when Pac beat Kenny Omega, I think that was different because I think Pac and, and I miss Pac, by the way, I think Pac would be amazing. I think Pac on the microphone against an MJF would be awesome. Yeah. And Pac would brutalize him as well, but we haven't seen him in a while, but I just don't know who are you going to sacrifice? And I hate to use that, that term, but who are you going to have someone take the fall so you can continue to build up MJF because I I don't I don't know really where you would go. Who is a good fit in your opinion for a feud with MJF? Uh, it's kind of going back to the well a bit, but uh, Derby. You think Derby's Derby good matches? It's been there. They've done that. You know, I mean, MJF cut him to shreds on the microphone, but Derby's a lot better on the microphone now than Muddy was then. Correct. He made sure. fun of Darby and his emo daddy sting and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And then some other not nice things. Uh, so I think you could go that route. You're not going to have him go over Jungle Boy. I think they're going to try to build Jungle Boy up. He's, they're going to try to make something special out of him. Um, I could see him and Sammy. The only problem with that, though, is that's two heels. So I don't. So you're going to turn Sammy face. He's going to turn on Jericho Appreciation. But if he's going to do that, then you're going to have him feel with Jericho Appreciation. You're not just going to have him turn on him and and become a babyface and there's no repercussion to it. That just doesn't work. I would agree. So I think Derby is an option. I would like to see more with Ricky Starks, honestly. Uh, I enjoy Ricky Starks. I think he's very good. Uh, that program died rather quick i think a little too quick there, there was some more life left than that um uh, you're doing a, a, another using the same guy again but what about hangman you could uh, i mean uh, they haven't had a feud yet have they no i don't believe they have yet so you could go that route but once again, are you going to sacrifice? You're going to sacrifice Hangman for MJF. Yeah, I'm just. See, my my big thing is here. My big thing is here. If you're going to take the belt off a of Hangman, or if you're going to take the belt off of MJF, it has to be something that is wow. And in my opinion, what you could do, which is just my opinion, is when Adam Cole comes back, Adam Cole could make his way and, and ascend. And I think Adam Cole could eventually become the international world champion and maybe beat a orange Cassidy or whoever may have it at that time. Mm-hmm. I think you continue to build up Adam Cole, build him up, build him up, build him up and eventually have Adam Cole go up against MJF where Adam Cole wins. That's not a bad idea. I could see that working. And then you end up vacating the international world champion. Uh, and then obviously they they would either hold a, a tournament or whatever like that to determine who the next champion is going to be for that. 
But I think that could be your thing. But who does MJF feud with until then? Um, it's a great question. I mean, because, you know, Brian Danielson's not going to be somebody who is going to be coming back for quite a while. Uh, I mean, they all confronted him. They all confront. I mean, so Darby confronted him. Jungle Boy confronted him. And so did uh, Sammy Guevara. I think it could be one of those guys. It won't be Jungle Boy because you're just not going to have Jungle Boy. So you take him out of the equation. Who do you put in there who you feel like would... I mean, I would probably say Sammy first. Some good matches. Some damn good matches. It would because I feel like you can sacrifice Sammy. And I know that sounds terrible to say, but I feel like you you can. But I just don't understand how you're going to make it happen. You mean as far as how it gets started? Yes. Well, I mean, first of all, all of them confronted him last week at the the, the, the rebar mitzvah. Basically, yes. what happened now is you could have Dynamite open up on Wednesday night with MJF fuming about how his rebar mitzvah went astray and how he's pissed and how he's, you know, wanting to get revenge on one of these guys. And then obviously Sammy pops up and says, you know what happened? You put your money where your mouth is and whatever. And Sammy has a, a, a match and maybe MJF comes out and causes an interference or whatever. You, you can slowly start to build and work someone into it. But I think if you're going to take any of those guys, it's going to have to be Sammy first. So you're going to have Sammy turn face. I think anyone who goes against MJF is almost by default a face. Okay. But he's in a heel faction. He is in a heel faction. So how do you make that work? I'm not looking. I don't. I'm not trying to argue about this. I legitimately don't know. I. I okay. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I just don't know. I. I just. I, I feel like I see what you're saying about. Hey, you need to. If you're going to have a face, you're going to have to have a heel. You can't necessarily have two faces or two heels, but I feel like in some way you may be able to still pull that off because that's the pool you have. So I don't think you're going to separate Sammy Guevara from JAS, but I still think that you could have him go after Max. And I think anyone who goes after Max, no matter what they are, if they can shred Max, they'll get cheered. True, you're right. So, I'm glad I'm not a booker. You know that it's a lot of work, isn't it? It's stressful, and we just talk about it for two hours on a Tuesday night, making up random nonsense. I can't imagine having to put it all into into action, and then have everyone agree on it. No, thank you. Um, somebody else I also think that might be getting overlooked that we could throw into the mix as well is what about Swerve Strickland? What about Swerve in uh, MJF kind of starting to go at it with each other? I think that might be interesting. It could be. Uh, I don't think there'd be a lot of life to it. I don't really know what you do with Swerve Strickland, to be honest with you. I'm not a big fan. Well, I mean, I say the same thing about QT Marshall, and they're starting QTV, which was an abomination, in my opinion. I don't know if you QT got the Marshall's excellent. I like QT Marshall. Yeah, but the segment was just 
bad. It was supposed to look like TMZ, and it didn't. And it it's seemed hokey. To, though. It was super hokey, and it was just kind of like... Because I feel like they're kind of going with Q, uh, QT Marshall almost kind of like the Miz way. But I feel like if you're going to do something like that, you have to have him in the ring doing it. Not no. a not a pre not not a prepackaged uh, segment on TV. I think you you almost have to have him do it in the ring. But once no, again, not necessarily. I, I didn't mind QTV. I mean, yeah, it's hokey, but TMZ is kind of hokey too. So, right, and Ms. TV is pretty hokey. Ms. is good on the mic, though. Ms. is fantastic on the mic. Ms. is. Hall of Fame. Don't squint and wrinkle up your face like that when I say things. I'm not. I'm I don't not. feel I'm getting taken seriously on the show anymore. You are being taken very seriously. Oh, yeah, yes. with that big smirk on your face. No, oh, yeah. yeah. At the Hall of Fame, I tweeted about this a couple days ago, and I just feel like it's just, eh, I'm not a big fan of the Hall of Fame. Coco Beware's in there. He is in there. I just, I feel like it's just become just a, I don't know. Andy Kaufman's going in. Who was involved in one storyline 40 some odd years ago. Memphis Championship Wrestling. didn't even happen on WWE programming, which I know nowadays it doesn't matter. One storyline. Wow. Miz is going in. Oh, I have no doubt. Mark I have no doubt. I have no doubt. No doubt. He deserves it. I will leave my mouth shut on that one. Um, We have talked about so many things. We have talked about what the WrestleMania card is looking like. We talked about what our thoughts are on that one. In subsequent shows, we're going to talk about how long we think each match is going to go and maybe what the finishes could be. It'd be kind of fun to try to play prognosticator in determining what we think should happen or maybe what may happen. We also talked about the Cody and Roman Reigns feud. If you didn't get a chance, Go ahead and hit the rewind button. You can go ahead and listen to that as well. Uh, the Butcher still thinks that Cody's going over. I am not 100% sure. I think Roman Reigns very well may throw all of this into a tizzy and may still retain the championship, which might shock some people, which sometimes shocking is not a bad thing. Uh, we also talked about MJF and his run in AEW, what we think that looks like and who he potentially could take on next. Remember, all of these opinions, these thoughts are all of ours, and you can find this on the MLW Radio Network. You can also find all of this anywhere you find your fine podcast, which is FM Player, Deezer, Stitcher, you name it, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. We are there each and every week. It's myself and my Canadian friend, The Butt. We talk about anything and everything in the world of pro wrestling. If you'd like to go ahead and get a hold of us on social media, specifically the Twitter, you can follow me at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Butster, where can people get a hold of you on Twitter? At G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. And also, we have some other, some interesting news here. We had mentioned this on the show before, um, but the butt is a very successful businessman. And he has his own company as well. And he's also in stores now. He is in box stores. He has his actually his line of toys that are out, which is fantastic. And um, is there some potential new news? Yeah, so I'm uh, officially in a store in uh, Perth. It's a little tourist town not far from here. 
uh, called Turtle Fusion. They carry my toys now. And the last weekend of April, the 29th, I'll be doing a, a vendor show at CFB Kingston. That's Canadian Forces Base Kingston here in town at the Thompson Drill Hall. They put off a, a big vendor show, all kinds of people from all, it's all handcrafted artisan stuff, but there'll be everything from soap makers to there's usually like a beard oil lady that's there. Um, there'll be a couple woodworkers there. I'll be there with my toys or some furniture builders, uh, clothing makers. There'll be all kinds. I think there's 82 vendors this year. Wow. I'm lucky enough to be one of them. It's uh, April 29th from 10 to 3 to Thompson Drill Hall, CFB Kingston. They're in Kingston, Ontario. I like that. Um if people would like to also follow you and see some samples of your work, where can they follow you and get some pictures? Uh, so I have a small Facebook business page, CB79 Wooden Toy Maker. So yeah, give me a give me a like and a follow. Send me a message if you're curious about something. Uh, if you want to commission something, I'm always open to different things. Or honestly, even if you have a question, if you want some advice. I'm no Bob Vila, by no stretch of the imagination, but I have a little bit of knowledge. People help me along the way. I'd love to help somebody else too. Just pass it on. You know, maybe I can learn you something. It probably won't be much, but I can probably learn you something. Right? And we've all been there. So if I can, if I can help somebody out, pass on some information, some knowledge, some advice. I'd love to do that. Once again, follow him on social media. Go ahead and hit him up on his Facebook page. You're going to be able to see all different um, products that he makes as well. And once again, if you would like to have something commissioned and you would like to talk about bringing something to life, definitely reach out to him as well, and they can he can talk to you about all of those options as well. Um, we're going to continue to plug the upcoming show that's going to be coming up April the 29th and let people know. Stop by the booth as well. Let them know you listen to the Butster on the Front Row Material brand here on the MLW Radio Network. It's exciting. Big things are happening right now. And uh, very proud of you, Butster. Continuing you. to grow and grow. You're in stores. And now another big show's coming up. So I feel like the uh, you keep reaching the next level. You keep reaching the next level. At some point in time, I do feel like you're going to be getting a phone call from said Bob Vila. And he's <laughs> going to say, he's going to say, but I... I I have I have seen your work. I am inferior to you. Yeah, you okay. are the next uh, main guy when it comes to this stuff. And uh, I would like to work for you. So you know what? And, and what you're going to tell him is you're going to say, Bob, get in line, pal. Grab an application. <laughs> we don't need curtain jerkers like you here. Oh, I wish I got to that level. But you can hey, dream, you right? Know. That's the beauty of life. That's it. All right. It has been so much fun. Thank you so much for uh, for listening to the podcast. Again, if you know a wrestling fan who enjoys podcasts, let them know the Front Row Material brand, FRM, is here to explore all the world of professional wrestling, whether it's WWE, AEW, and all promotions abroad. We talk about storylines, booking, what do we think is going to happen, what may happen, and what fans are saying about the wrestling world as well. With that being said, my name is Mike Freeland for the butt, for the Ritster who is a, enjoying a brand new successful run with the Pesky Podcast. 
where he talks about everything Major League Baseball and specifically the Boston Red Sox, if you're into that as well, because the boys of summer are heading back. Why not go ahead and listen to the Pesky Podcast, available anywhere fine podcasts are made available, including iTunes, and drop them a like and a subscribe. Wow. It's weird. It's like I'm tired, but then all of a sudden I start talking, and then it's like I can't shut up. All right, I'm done. I'm out. I'm over the (laughs) two-hour mark. For the butt, I am Mike Freeland. We will see you on the next episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material Brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material Brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The rule.